Hey, it's Christopher with Simple Septic Secrets, and right now I'm driving to work. i got to go train somebody new. Uh, we had a driver who had quit the other day, so I had to put out a ZipRecruiter ad and get somebody in the door. And actually, we're going to be hiring at least probationary, because everyone we hire is probationary for the first month or so to be able to make sure they're a good fit and all that kind of stuff. But we're actually hiring a woman, which I didn't think there'd be a woman out there who'd want to do this type of work, because they're going to be pumping septic systems. So that's kind of cool. So today's her first day, and we're going to be training her from how to find a septic tank, what a septic tank is, all that kind of stuff. And basically the way the training works is we kind of go over the truck and how it works, and then we jump in the truck together and then just take off. And I just show them stuff as we go, like, hey, here's a septic tank, here's how it works. Of course, also on the back end of that, I'm sending them guides of, of, uh, like I have a very detailed guide of how to find a septic tank. I have another detailed guide of how to remove a, a stuck septic tank lid, all that kind of stuff. But so yeah, I'm excited to get get someone else trained, get in that truck because the problem is once somebody quits like that, I'm the only person there who can train them. So all these construction jobs I have, I have a new tank replacement, new systems to put in, and all that. I got to put it on pause while I train somebody. So. It's definitely not ideal, especially if you train someone and they leave after a few months. Which, I mean, that's life. There's nothing you can really do about that other than pay people the best you can and treat them right and hopefully they stay. But, I mean, this kind of job is not necessarily people's dream job, so it is what it is. But I'm excited to be training. Actually, what I'm going to do is, as long as she's okay with it, I'm sort of going to do like a video vlog of first day on the job, that kind of thing, like what she knows about septic systems, how they work, all that, and kind of document the process of training her for a couple reasons. One, I think it'll be interesting for YouTube, and two, if I do it right, I think I can make these videos and use them to train in the future, and I can spend less time in the truck and more time outputting in systems and making money. And ideally, I'd like to have these different training videos all put together, so someday when I'm going and helping other septic companies grow, I can use these training videos to help them train their staff. One of the things I'd like to train staff on is I think every dispatcher or contact point with a customer should have some sort of knowledge of sales and customer service. And a lot of these people I mean, it's, it's nothing against them, but they, they just don't know anything like that. They were never taught it. So they answer the phone, they answer the questions, they schedule them. But I think every business that where you have to talk to a customer, they should be trained in sales. Be very intentional about the questions you ask, about the things you say. And I think that would make a huge difference. So that was something I was thinking about that could make a big impact on people's septic business. But in this particular case... Right now, I'm starting off just by training a driver, and I'm hoping it's going to work out. The only concern I had was if she's going to be able to lift the lids, because the lids are pretty heavy. I think she'll be able to do it, but I mean, until she does it, I don't know. She probably can, um, but again, I don't know. So what I told her was it's best if one of, one of the things I was concerned about is if she were to quit the job she's at, if she can't lift the lid, then she can't really do the job because that's like 85% of the job is 
lifting up the lids to be able to get to the septic tank or something into the septic tank. So one of the solutions we came up with is she's going to take a lead from the job she's at and if it works out, then she can go ahead and resign and just continue to work for us. And if it doesn't work out, then she can just go back to work where she's at and nothing, no, no harm, no foul, no hard feelings, didn't work out. So that's kind of the plan we're shooting for. I've been thinking about this over the weekend, like all the different ideas I could use to make videos. And I get excited about the idea of making this content, making these videos. But usually once I actually get with the person, especially if someone new that I don't know, then it's actually really uncomfortable making these types of videos. So I'm going to try to force myself beyond my comfort zone and be able to create good content. But it's hard, especially if you don't know somebody. The other thing I thought is maybe I can have her film me showing her these things and then send her the videos so then she has access to them and I can also use them for training. Uh, but when I've done stuff like this in the past, I realize not everybody's really good at filming. My girlfriend Lexi's very good at filming and that's what I'm used to is, is her style of filming. So when I hand the camera to somebody else, I'm usually like, oh, what, what are you doing? They're just kind of standing there. Like your head's not in the shot, they're not even looking at the screen, they're just staring off into space. Uh, and that's not true with everyone, but the, the last couple people that I've tried to have film me, that's, that's how it is. So I, I guess I need to be better about explaining how how to record somebody and why you do it. Because I'm just assuming everyone knows how to do it, because it seems pretty basic. You just point the phone or point the camera right at the person, but... I guess you got to tell them, hey, make sure I'm in the center of the frame. Make sure my head's not cut off. If I'm walking, you need to follow me with the camera. Look at the <laughs> look at the screen on there to make sure I'm in frame, whatever. Just, I mean, it's basic, but I guess that's something I need to explain to people. So over the weekend, I did my first podcast with somebody else. It's called the Tap Market Podcast, and that was pretty cool. I met that person through the community I joined at the Capitalism Incubator, which is exactly why I joined the Capitalism Incubator, is I wanted to be able to meet people who are doing similar stuff, meet people you know who have podcasts and who have other businesses and who are working towards something other than just a nine-to-five going home and watching sports on the weekends. That's just not me. I don't watch sports. I don't watch TV. I like to work towards something bigger and better, and not a lot of people like to do that. At least not in my life, not in my personal life. There's millions of people, I'm sure, who do that, but you have to join these groups and put yourself around these people if you want to better yourself. And that's exactly why I joined that group. I learned a lot since doing that. One of the main things I learned from joining the group is the owner's model, which is basically... Rather than trying to do every single little thing yourself, like, oh, I'm going to have to learn how to edit a website and, and build a website and I have to learn how to put in my Google tracking and I have to learn. No, instead of doing all that, instead of doing all that, you just hire somebody. You're not going to be able to build a website as good as somebody who does it every single day. So you hire an expert who knows how to do it. And the idea is you oversee the business. You work on your business instead of in your business. And that's the idea. So that's kind of a big shift I've been having because 
I was the do-it-yourself kind of person. I gotta stop speeding. But yeah, back to the podcast. It was a, it was a pretty cool podcast. I got to sort of tell my story, where I'm going with the business, my plans with the business, and learn a little bit about his business, which was one of his businesses was LawnServe, which is a really cool idea. So they you te- you can send in samples of your soil. They send you this kit when you sign up. You send in samples of your soil, and they'll send you exactly what you need to have a perfect lawn, from seeds to weed care to bugs. Uh, if you don't want, you know, pesticides and stuff like that, then they have an all-natural. They also have ones that's even more traditional. That's a really cool subscription idea that I never even considered that as an idea, but uh, apparently a lot of people use it, so that's really cool. And maybe one day, between the two of us, we can kind of do some cross-marketing where we put inserts in each other's packages because it's kind of it, it, you could run into the same customer there's no way of knowing for sure because how are you going to know who has a septic system same thing with if I put the insert in the septics they may have a septic system but they have no grass and they have no intention of having grass but you could be able to get some customers cross cross promoting like that so I had a lot of fun on the podcast I definitely want to start doing more stuff like that uh not as hard as you think. I mean, really, you're just having a conversation. If you can talk with somebody and hold a conversation, then you can do a podcast. I had set it up outside with a neat little background in nature. Instead of doing it inside where it's all, like, gray and kind of gloomy, I set a table up outside with the pond behind me. There's birds all around. It was really nice. Makes me want to start doing more stuff like that. I think I'm going to start recording these podcasts out there and upload them as a video and then strip the audio and put it as a podcast. Just because it's it's nice out there. The only thing is, I don't necessarily want to sit down for half an hour and talk to my phone when I have other stuff to do. Right now, I'm stuck in the truck, so I could just be listening to a podcast or an audiobook, or I can use this time to make some content, and that's what I decided to do, is make some content. Especially after doing that podcast. I'm trying to force myself to do to do more podcasts, put on more content. It's hard in the beginning because nobody's listening to you talk. I think there's like 78 downloads on there, and as you pointed out, it's very likely that those downloads are just some bots in another country. I doubt they're an actual person listening. On one hand, I'm glad because these podcasts are not great. They're basically voice memos for me in the future to look back and see how far I've come. On the other hand, it would be cool to have bunch of people listening to your podcast so it's like i'd like people to listen but at the same time i'd like them not to listen until i get better at it at some point i'm going to put intros on these and i'll put uh outros and i'd like to have guests on here because that would be pretty cool because even with with uh, the tap market podcast the newer podcast and just by having a podcast and asking people to come on it's really cool because you get to have conversations and longer conversations with people that you wouldn't otherwise talk to. And they get to talk about their business, what they're doing. You get to talk to people who are way ahead of you in business. And you may have not even talked except for the fact there's a podcast. So that's really cool. Because you can basically interview people and have a platform to interview people that you wouldn't have normally had. Oh, man. I drank a lot of water. I didn't sleep well last night. I don't know why. 
I got some sores on my tongue. I sleep with my mouth open, so I have to tape my mouth shut. And I ran out of mouth tape, so I went to the store and tried to buy more, but they don't necessarily sell mouth tape, so I just bought regular medical tape, and that shit falls off when you're sleeping. And I wake up with a dry tongue with sores on it because my mouth's wide open. I started sleeping with my mouth open after living in that house with mold. I also sleep with my hands like behind my head, and I guess that's a sign of like lung damage or something. If I'm living in a house like that with uh, terrible air quality and toxic poisonous mold, so that's great. And unfortunately, when you when you sleep with your mouth open uh, in a moldy environment like that, so what happens is you start sleeping with your mouth open, and then. When your mouth's open, when you're sleeping, you're drying out your mouth, and it just rots your teeth. So I got, like, a ton of dental work I got to get done. And so does my girlfriend. So together, we've got, like, tens of thousands of dollars worth of work, and that kind of adds to our overall debt load and shit we got to figure out. I'm not too worried about it because I know things will work out the way they're supposed to. I'm working on this business, and I'm excited for it. I'm contacting manufacturers and talking to people and... I know I'm onto something really big here, but at the same time, I mean, how can you also not be worried about it? The longer I put it off, the worse it's going to get. So that's something I'm pretty concerned with right now. Also, last time I went, I had to get two crowns done, and damn it hurt. And I still, I think I have two more on the other side, plus some other cavities, and like, it's not good. And I go to a holistic dentist, which is nice, because he's a really good dentist, but he's very expensive. Which he should be, because he's really good at what he does. It's just, you know, like $1,300 to get a cavity filled. Stuff like that. So it's expensive, but ultimately worth it. You know, like, for example, when you go there, you don't, he doesn't give you antibiotics afterwards. They use ozone, which is, I think it's like oxygen mixed with water or something like that. It's like a couple thousand times stronger than bleach. It's a very, very strong, um, like, antibacterial, antifungal stuff so they like spray all that up in there and everything you end up not needing antibiotics which is good because antibiotics destroys your gut health there's obviously a time and place for it i got bit by my dog a few years ago and within less than like it was less than 24 hours maybe a little more than 24 hours i didn't go to the hospital i just cleaned it out my wrist started to swell and i had these nasty red lines like going down my forearms like up the side like towards my heart right there and then that's when I went to the hospital I had to get like three rounds of antibiotics uh, and that was able to stop it but so there's definitely definitely a use for antibiotics but I just think that it's way overused and that's the problem if we used antibiotics uh, a lot less then we probably wouldn't have so many antibiotic resistant strains of what is that called strep no it's not strep staff stuff like that what do I know? I'm not a doctor. Those are just my personal opinions. Yeah. Yeah. I'm hoping when I, once I get going, I won't be so tired. Sometimes when I get up, I just feel like I don't want to do shit. I don't know what that is. I used to just bounce out of bed and be ready to take the day on. So I'm really not sure why that is anymore. When I was just bouncing out of the bed, ready to take the day on, it was when I was working out. Every, first thing in the morning, I drive to the gym. 
Yeah, I just got to get up in the morning and force myself to go outside at five o'clock in the morning and just start lifting kettlebells. I got kettlebells. It was hard at first, but then like you pop, eventually you get into a, a routine and then you just wake up and all of a sudden you're awake. I used to wake up at 3.30, grab all my stuff and leave and get to the gym by four because the gym was like half an hour away. Now I wake up at three, get my stuff ready, go to the gym, get there at four, right when it opened, work out, come back and then go to work. And I was tired at the end of the day, but I felt like I had more energy and I was getting a lot stronger. So I may have forced myself to do that. Really, with anything, it's always hard when you first start. It's like just getting the momentum. But once you have that momentum, I found it's hard to stop. When I was younger and I worked out a lot, it was hard for me. Like I, I wouldn't, I'd miss people's birthday parties and stuff. I'm like, dude, I, I can't miss this workout. It was so hard for me to miss a workout, which is kind of like now, which is so hard for me to start working out. Uh, and I have been working out the last, this last month, um, like maybe times a week or whatever, but. Anyways, I gotta go. My girlfriend's calling me. Hope you guys like this podcast. Let me know if you listen to it. You can contact me, Christopher at Simple Septic Secrets, and I'll see you on the next one.